Thank you very much. How's everything going? Pretty good. Um, I had a an actual holiday last week. An actual holiday? Yeah. As opposed to uh, a virtual holiday? I suppose so. I don't know why I said actual holiday. I had a holiday. Right. Yeah. Where'd you go? Well, I was supposed to go to the Margaret River and Rottnest Island, but Mark McGowan put a stop to that about two hours before my flight departed. Right. Which I, I I should thank him for because if he waited a few hours, I would have been on the plane. Mm. Um, but yeah, with a bit of with a bit of quick action, ended up in the Air Peninsula for a week, which is absolutely gorgeous. Um, if you know, if anyone out there is thinking about somewhere to have a little low key holiday, where is that? It's in South Australia, so it's you need to get two flights. Um, it's about a forty five minute flight from Adelaide. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, um, you know, remote beaches, national park, seafood. Um, you can swim with sea lions there. You can go shark diving. Yeah, nice. So it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty fantastic. Oh, and we had to spend a night in Adelaide because the only hire car available was, was available on a Sunday. And Adelaide was absolutely pumping on a Saturday night. Really? Yeah. <laughs> How are you going supercoach wise? I'm hating Supercoach at the moment. I didn't follow my own advice two weeks ago. And that means I did not trade in Clint Gutherson. And I'm just constantly thinking about all the points I've missed out on. Yeah, okay. So what? Where, what's your ranking? I slipped outside the top 1,000. Right. Um, I'll get that in one second. Um, the other thing that's happened is I am having an unbelievably lucky run with injuries and basically have 24 or 25 players every week. So didn't play Dane Laurie last week. Oh, didn't, yeah. play, didn't play Sam Walker the week before. Yeah, okay. So, so I'm ranked... Oh, God, that's going to that's gonna be annoying. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, popular guys, pretty much everyone should have both of them, both Popped out hundreds, and my squad is so deep that you know you got to make choices, and I've, I've left those guys out. So I'm still I'm 1,182, so so pretty good. Um, but yeah, if I if I'd done my Gutherson move, I would be absolutely flying even without playing those two guys. And if I'd managed to play them as well, like I don't know, it could have been my year. Could have been my year. Yeah. So so a couple of things about that. Uh, so I traded in um, Turbo the week before last, um, and I can't remember who the other one was, but last week I traded in Pangai and Curran and played Curran, mm-hmm. and I don't, I didn't trade in Gutherson, um, and so I've seen a little bit of a fall in the rankings last week. I went from 150 to 230, um, but still had a pretty good round, and like I'm still happy with those two trades. But what I would say is that Gutherson's draw is over now for the next four weeks until round 13. His good draw is gone. And I don't think that any of the guys that brought in Gutherson are going to then trade him out. Um, so I'm expecting to kind of make ground on the guys that brought in Gutherson for the last two yeah. weeks. So it's not all lost. Like you, if you'd brought in Gutherson, you would have had to hold him. Now you, can, now you can bring in someone else that could score really well over the next month. I agree with you that 
most people will struggle to sell him because he probably pays around 13. But, and again, this probably doesn't apply to a lot of people, but in my personal circumstances, my team is so deep and I've got really good cover for round 13 that I would have sold him the same way that I sold Tedesco for Pappenhausen. Um, so yeah, personal circumstances, but I'm absolutely gutted. Yeah, okay. So a few things. So, so just very quickly, team lists. There's a pretty big team list uh, this afternoon. A lot of kind of big news. I just want to go through it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the headlines for me, Pappenhausen out for another week. Um, so if you held him, you'd be pretty upset with that. He probably will be back next week. So that's one thing. Um, a big one for me is no Sam Ferrells. Yeah. yeah. So apparently Especially... he's, he's got a detached retina. He could be out for yeah. a long time. Uh, and, I mean, we've talked about this before, but, you know, Roosters missing forwards and hookers, you know, does that's that. Why, is, that's is, why I mentioned it. Yeah, is Teddy going to come good or isn't he? Yeah, and I'm going to go into a deep dive about that a bit later. So let's let's hold on that for a second. Um, but yeah, that's why basically why I brought it up. Um, we have a bunch of bat, uh, sorry, we have a bunch of cheapies that are about to play their second game. Um, so Zach Sini got named again. Um, Max Fagai at the Dragons and Tyson Gamble all got named for their second game. All of those guys uh, they're very cheap, but they also all played round thirteen. And they also all scored pretty well in their first game. So you want to keep a good eye on all of them. I think they all have reasonable job security, but we can't be sure. So Zach Sini, we'll see what happens when Tommy Talao comes back next week from suspension, whether he holds his spot. Fagai is he's probably in until Lomax gets back, you'd think. Lomax is out for three or four weeks. Um, and Gamble just seems like he's got spot on form now. If he plays like shit for a couple of weeks, he might lose it. But yeah, so all, all those three guys are quite interesting. I think. I mean, the the hardest position is stacked for a lot of people. But I and I'll, I'll get onto this in a second. But I've kind of missed missed out on Simkin for the moment, or I've left him, and I don't think I'm going to get him this week. And now that Little is on the bench, which is another thing that happened in the team lists, um, I could let Simkin go and maybe get Gamble instead. Yeah, uh, you can't get Simkin now. I mean, with with Mbai um, on the bench, you know, maybe he plays a bit of lock, roving forward sort of situation. I mean, Little is almost certainly going to take at least 20 minutes of hooker. Oh, probably more than 30. Yep. Yeah. I still think Simkin can score okay, but it's he not put great. A, he hasn't put a try on yet in three games, right? Tackle no, so he, hasn't, he hasn't yet. But... Um, He's, he was like the highest try scorer in New South Wales Cup or something, or well, not the highest, but he'd scored a bunch of tries in New South Wales Cup. Basically, yeah, just diving over coming. from the line. It starts so coming. Think, yeah, the, the, I think there are some attacking stats there. So I, I still think Simpkins are, is a reasonable trade in this week. Um, but it's obviously not the kind of lay down this era was when he looked to be getting 80 minutes. I've, I've got another one for you, and I don't think you're going to like it. And I'm going to nickname him Batman. So team structure now, you know, your four reserves is kind of the two halves, fullback and the and the second hooker. Sometimes you might play an extra second row. So there's two extra spots in the second row that you can use. You want to use pretty cheaply. Alex Seifarth. What about him? 
<laughs> he's not going to make a lot of money, and he's not going to score a huge number of points in round 13, but I think he's a, he's a way of recycling the money that Ben Condon has made. I got rid of Ben Condon last week. Yep. And, yep, and that was... Yep. And, and, and last week, I think it was a good time. I think he still had a negative break even, but any week he doesn't score a try... Um, his score was always going to be terrible, and he can't score a try every week. Yeah, I was ready for him not to score a try and then kind of actually not make that much money. But anyway, but yeah, look, the condom point is valid, I suppose, and he could start actually losing money pretty quickly. So you do want to get rid of him sooner rather than later. Sean Bloor, I'd probably prefer. So the, the, the issue with Safeworth is that he may not be in the team next week. Like, he's, his job security is terrible. Looks like he's playing number four prop. Yeah, like, who knows with with his job security. I expect Sean Ball to come to the team sooner rather than later and, and maybe at the expense of Seifer. Yeah. So it's a no for me. Yeah, the only reason I'm even looking at him at all is I just I want to have less money invested in my non-playing forwards. I want I want all my money in my starting 13 and my backs. Yeah, hundred percent. But you don't like. You don't, I don't want spuds either. You don't want absolute spuds. Um, so just back to the team list. Um, Harry Grant starting officially now. Um, mm-hmm. So that makes him very interesting. Uh, no Ryan James. So Papali or Papali'i has come back into the side, and um, and James is gone. Uh, speaking of Papali'i's, he's still starting on the edge, which is very interesting and good for owners, um, with Sean Lane on the bench. Uh, so we poo-pooed him a few weeks ago, and there you go. Got that wrong. Um, Absolutely. The last one is that Capewell it has been named. Now, I've heard that he's got an, uh, a rib injury, but they basically said that he, he looks fine, and then he will play. I'm still tempted to get rid of him just because... If he does have some sore ribs, maybe he doesn't get a lot of minutes because they've got other guys that can play play minutes there. Uh, he's now, I think, got a pretty high-ish break-even. He, I'm pretty sure he's going to play Origin, and he hasn't been going all that well anyway. Uh, yeah, I tend to think that maybe you can move him on. Yeah, I agree with that. And, so, I mean, I was... And I will be... Have a, keeping a keen eye on that team list, and if Leon Martin ends up in the number twelve, or he will keep his jersey, but you know what I mean. Like yes, Leon Martin, uh, Leon Martin can score as many tries as Capewell, but he does a lot of work. Yeah, but I mean, how long is he going to get that spot for? If Capewell's like fifty-fifty this week, he could be starting again next week, and then yeah, you, you can, you, I'd want like a month out of at least a month out of Leon Martin to even think about it. You could park him in the driveway, hold him for 13, release a bit of cash out of Capewell, depending on where you've got him. That's true. Depends on your team structure, I think. So so just on Capewell replacements, so let's assume you've got Capewell in your centres and you, you're thinking about moving him on. There's a few guys that have kind of piqued my interest a little bit. So the probably the most obvious one, I suppose, is is Devner Fulmer. Um now, he hasn't been scoring that well, but, you know, I think he's kind of, you know, he's got the most pedigree. I think he's the safest option 
he's not going to go nearly as well as he did last year. That's just not going to happen. Benji's not putting him over the line all the time. Um, but he does have that sort of super coach friendly game where he probably will average 60 plus for the, the rest of the season. Um, got a reasonably friendly draw coming up. Not an amazing draw, but an okay draw coming up. No really good teams in it. Plays around 13. You've already got him, right? Yes. And I, yeah, he's the guy I got two weeks ago. Right. So a little bit upset about that. And, um, his, and, and last week, his his base just wasn't there. So the first week I got him, you know, at least he got a decent score in base. Um, I don't know what happened last week. I didn't watch the game. Um, but it didn't seem like he did much. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. Apparently, yeah, well, yeah, he didn't do that much. He's, he's got a break even of 102, so he's still going to probably lose more money, although he's got a pretty good game against the Titans, given how they've been defending lately. So who knows? Maybe he could hit that. He's in 9% of teams, which suggests that he's a bit of a pod, but I think teams at the top started to pick him up over the last couple of weeks, so he's actually not that much of a pod amongst the top teams. Yep. So, yeah, so he's, a solid so he's, selection. He, yeah, I, I mean, you'd be at this point, you'd be picking him on pedigree, and he's still averaging pretty well after their horrendous draw at the start of the season. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I expect him to go better in the second half of the season that he's gone so far, put it that way. And he's still averaged close to 60. Yep. Yep. Uh, my exact sort of thought process two weeks ago. So, yep, I like him. Right, next one I've got is Bradman Best. <laughs> Love him. Love him from next week. On that, so on on paper, the, he's got a Raiders game this week, which with, which on paper sort of, doesn't look that good. And then he's got the Tigers, the Cowboys, um, Manly before the round 13 game against Parramatta. Now, Camper, what? there's something going on with Camper, right? So during a week, George Williams, a halfback, has come out and said that he's homesick and there's like some rumblings there. Joseph Depine's wife has had a go at Ricky Stewart for not playing him enough minutes. Josh Papali got rested for mental like to refresh himself mentally. So, and Ricky bagged the whole team basically a couple of weeks ago. Ricky has bagged the whole team. They're defending quite poorly. But Josh Papali'i helps them coming back in. Like he makes their team a bit stronger. But actually Corey Harawiranira, who's defending on that right-hand side that Best is up against, he's not a good defender. He's a good attacking player, but he's not a good defender. And they've been leaking a lot of points on that side. Do you know how many points um, Best scored against the Raiders last year? I was just going to ask that. Didn't the Knights absolutely smoke the Raiders last year? They did. Correct. They did. And Best and Ponga went like ran rampant. Bananas. Best scored like 140 points or something. Yeah. And um, that's the week. You know, Ponga was Ponga was always like, you know, can squeeze out 100 pretty regularly, but he's never going to get close to 200. And then, oh, whoops. Yeah. got there against the Raiders, right? Yeah, well, he scored 160 or something, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Well, maybe, yeah. I mean, I look, as I say, love him from next week. You've got a point. Maybe maybe grab him this week. So he's got a break-even of 76, 510K, plays around 13. 76 is certainly, certainly hittable. So I don't mind bringing him in this week. But having said that, like, okay, he hasn't played that many games this year. So far, he's played five games. Against the Bulldogs, he scored 56. New Zealand, he had his best game with 95. Sharks, 39. So, like, he hasn't set the world on fire, and he's not 
he's not breaking tackles as as easily as you'd think for someone of his size. So, like his base is sort of a right around that sort of 30, 40 mark, early forties. But he's going to be heavily reliant on someone like Ponga putting him in holes. Yeah, that's so my issue a... with him. Like I can't actually, even though we said he scored one hundred and forty odd against the Raiders last last week, I can't see that he's going to have huge scores like that. I think it's more likely he's going to score like 80 or 90 when he has a good week. Yeah, so he's a bit of a pedigree pick as well and only has really one season of pedigree behind him. Yeah, and the guy that I'm comparing him to, Jermaine Isaaco. Hmm. Yeah, goal-kicking fullback. Goal-kicking fullback. So, a few stats on Jermaine. So when I looked at Jermaine, actually, I looked at him and I looked at his draw and I went, eh, no, his draw is hard. I don't want him, right? But then I thought about it a little bit more. I think you're going to like this. So first things first, his average against shit teams so far, and I'm including the Gold Coast in shit teams because he ran up the score against them last week. He's played three games against shit teams, and he's averaging 116. This is exactly my kind of super coach player. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm exactly. Really angry with. So, so that's the first thing. Now, against good teams... He's averaged 42, which is not awful, but it's not very good. So he got he got a 42 against Power, um, 31 against Melbourne, 67 against Souths, 49 against Penrith, and 25 against Power in the second game against his 156, 114, and 80 against the Gold Coast twice and the Bulldogs once for the, the that 114. So that what that tells me is he's a bit of a flat track bully, um, but also what it tells me is. You know, the, the fullbacks, when the game is really opened up in in those games, you know, with the bad teams playing, are just racking up scores like clockwork. Yeah. Like we saw Clint Gutherson rack up big scores in the last two weeks against bad opposition, where he hasn't historically been a huge score kind of guy. It's just happening week after week. The fullbacks are putting huge scores on bad teams. Now, you wouldn't necessarily think a bad team like the Broncos could do that, but he's shown that he's, he's putting up some big scores with you know, guys like Payne Haas, since, since TPJ's been back to the edge, the Broncos' pack looks a bit a lot better and seems to be giving their, their backs a bit more space. So it's a bit of a depth signing. If you've got five playable guys, you can get someone like Isaaco and sort of, you know, pick, pick him. So this is exactly where I was going. You play him on matchups only. Yeah. So you could pick him up this week for the North Queensland game and hope that he goes massive. And then... Maybe next the week after that against Manly, he's kind of a 50-50 play. Manly, I see Manly as like a top eight team now with Turbo in them. Then he's got the Roosters and Melbourne. Can run the waters for a couple of weeks. He can run the waters for a couple of weeks. Now, the, now, so I'm in the market for a fifth centre as well, right? And so if I'm thinking about picking two guys together that can complement each other in that way, I'm looking at the Roosters' wingers. <laughs> yep, yep. Because the, the draw basically matches. The draw basically matches. So after this week, in those three pretty hard games um, that the Broncos have got, so someone like Ikevalu, who's going to be very cheap next week, you'd think. So Ikevalu's got a 96 break even. He's 486k. So if he scores, he's got Parramatta this week. So if he scores sort of 40 or 50, he'll be down at around 460k range, right? And then over that same stretch where we said Isaac has got bad games, he's got North Queensland, the Broncos, and Canberra. Food and wine, matching pair. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. So you get, get a guy like Isaac and only play him on matchups. As long as you've got a fifth guy that you can jump in. Yep. Yeah, look, if you've got the depth and the money, and there's been a lot of money made this year by a lot of teams, um, yeah, do it. I know there's, yeah, probably depends on how many, you know, injuries you've copped, but yeah, I've it no does. issue with that. It does, and your ability to play to you know spend some trades. So, but I think I'll be trying to free up some cash to bring and bring in one of the one of those cheapies we talked about, and that'll free up some cash to upgrade probably Jason Saab to a, a fifth center wing. Yep, yep. And Saab's Saab's making a bit of money at the moment, so it's great timing. Yeah, exactly. And as I say, I don't think Ikebala is going to get much cheaper. But you could also go Daniel Tupo. I'm a little bit concerned that Tupo might get picked for Origin, and my round 17 numbers are looking pretty bad. I mean, that's the argument, I guess, not for a guy like Matt Nikovalu. Like, you could you could say that you should be focusing on round 13 guys, but in some ways, round 17 guys are almost more important. Yeah, and last year, I picked up Ryan Hall when the Roosters draw just absolutely opened up, and Ikevalu came into the side last minute because I think, you know, Brett Morris, something happened to Brett Morris in the warm-up and Ikevalu scored four tries. But how many tries has Brett Morris scored? How many tries has Tupu scored? Like, Ikevalu's the guy. The I right think Ikevalu's the, the guy. Right, you want the right winger. I think you want the right winger. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. I think you want the right winger. No try, right. Yeah. Are there any other guys? Peachy. Kind of, oh, Peachy, yeah. Yep. I don't know what to say about Peachy. <laughs> he's he's certainly doing very well. He scored a try last week. Still only playing like fifty odd minutes, but just racking up points. Are you worried about Tino affecting his minutes at all? Not really, because he he got the number thirteen before Tino got suspended. And I think playing a guy like Peachy at thirteen, either coming off the bench or starting. I think is the right move under the new rules. Oh yeah, absolutely. But is he the right move for your super coach team? Hmm. I think he's. I think he's a solid pick. Um, he's not screaming out by to me. There's a lot of options. Um, there's also Val Holmes. He's very expensive now. Uh, but yeah, he's been going really well. I think. I think the time to pick Val Holmes was a couple of weeks ago. To be honest, he's, he's a. Decent this week pick, as you said. Yeah, nice game. He was on, he was on something like nine at half time last week, and I was like, ah, oh, finally he's not going to score that well, and then he still pulled out a sixty odd. <laughs> yeah. I think I've decided that I'm going to wait until the run home for Valhomes. Valhomes, yeah, fair enough. I think I've missed him now. Um, I can still yeah, look yeah. if people want to buy him this week. Look, he's scoring really well, but I think you sort of missed the bow a little bit. Yeah, I mean the buyers are still. A decent way away, but he's going to miss two games, and he might even get a rest from Origin. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So he might miss three games or four. Um, the only other guys are just you know looking ahead on the draw. I mean, the Panthers still have a ridiculous run, and you know they don't play themselves, so that's part of it. But you know, pick up well, one of the Panthers backs that you don't have yet. The other part of the the Ikebalu thing, the Ikebalu and uh, Isaaco thing is that Brisbane still have to play, play the Roosters twice. Mm. 
So when they play each other, you pick your Cavallo. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, because they've only got two games against really, sorry, they've only got four more games against really hard opposition, the Broncos, and two of them against the Roosters. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, the Panthers yeah. guys, what, but, but Momorowski's not around. You're not going to pick Staines. Everyone's already got to or Who does that leave? Burton. Yeah, Burton or um, Crichton. Crichton, I wouldn't really go anywhere near, to be honest. Um, kick, what about Kickout? Kickout's getting cheap. He's not a back, though. He's not a back. Yeah, I'll be looking at Kickout kick when it gets closer to round 13. Um, maybe for that Bulldogs game. Yeah, Tigers. They got Tigers Bulldogs close together, I think. Yeah. Um, what about the Parramatta guys, Sebo and Fergo? So, is Madison playing right edge? Yes. So there was a hypothesis. Oh no! Last... Sorry, sorry. He he was playing on the left, wasn't he? So Actually, Papali... didn't watch the Parramatta game. So so. Okay, sorry, so my... I don't know the answer so... to that anymore. Okay. I didn't see which so, edge you played on. So, I, I, I mean, my assumption, and I didn't watch the game either, so Papali's been playing on the left. Madison played on the right last year, so I imagine it would have been fairly easy for him to slot in on the right. Now, the hypothesis last year was that Ferguson sucked because Madison was taking all the ball. Well, Fergo scored 33 on the weekend against the Bulldogs. I know. He's in my squad. <laughs> Um, and Sivo, I mean, Sivo just doesn't do enough work. I think he's another depth. He's another depth signing, like an Isaaco. So their draw, as I said, is not great over the next month. It gets good again from round thirteen. So just going back to it, Parramatta have got the Roosters this week. Then they've got New Zealand, which is decent. Manly, which I think is hardish. South, which is pretty hard, and then they've got the round thirteen game against Newcastle. And from round 13, they play Newcastle, the Tigers, the Bulldogs before a harder game against Penrith. So I'd be targeting probably that round 13 game, I think, for, a, yep. Yep. Pick up a for one of those guys. Um, obviously, Sebo's just had that big score, so he might get very expensive. Um, but to be honest, I don't know if I'd be paying even this week's price, 576k for Sebo. I'd probably take Virgo over him. But you're right, the, the Madison thing is a bit of a worry. Yeah, I'd be I'd be keeping a very close eye on Ferguson. So the next thing I want to talk about, I don't know if you listened to last week's pod. I don't think you did. I was uh, enjoying my holiday. That's right. You would have enjoyed it even more. So this is the hypothesis I came to. So a lot of people have been saying, doesn't matter how much value that Tedesco loses if, you, if he's a season-long hold, right? Because you don't realise the cash loss. As long as you think from from now on in his scores are going to be good enough, then that's all you need to worry about if you're going to if you're going to hold him. Which usually I would agree with, and I've I've actually said that said that myself, right? Yeah, it's more now, relevant the fewer trades we have, but yes. Yeah. So so that is true to a point. But then I had a look at the Origin draw and started thinking about what I was going to do with my fullbacks over the Origin period. And I, I have Tedesco and Trebojevic at the moment. And what I realized is Trebojevic is almost definitely going to get rested in the, the round 14 and round 18 games post-Origin because of his hammies, and they play Friday night both games. And 
Robbo has a history of resting his Origin Stars as well, and I can't see Tursco backing up both of those games either. He could even get a rest for both of them. And what that means for me in particular is that I might end up copying an AE for four out of those six games if I don't trade one of them. Yeah. Right? Which is no good. So I said all this last week. Now, so then what you do is I guess you look at the draw and you think about, well, if I was going to trade one of them, who would I trade? And out of those the round 15 and 16 games, Tedesco plays Melbourne and Penrith. Hmm. Uh, whereas Turbo, um, he has two very good games. I can't remember exactly who they are. It doesn't matter who it is if it's not Melbourne and Penrith. Exactly. Uh, Turbo plays the Titans and then the Bulldogs in the round 15 and 16 games. So if you're deciding between the two of them, you hold Turbo, right? And likewise, Ponga, if you have to have the Ponga and Teddy combo, Ponga plays the Warriors and the Cowboys. No contest. Mm-hmm. So what that tells me is if you've got that one of those combinations, then Tesco, Tedesco is not a hold for the season. He's a sell. Right? And so then it just becomes a matter of timing. When do you yeah. sell him? Do you wait until round 13 to sell him or do you sell him sooner than that? And so then my question becomes, all right, well, between now and round 13, who's going to score better between between him and one of those other fullbacks? And and also the price value does matter because he's got the 17 in his rolling average. So he's going to lose some money over the next couple of weeks. And, um, you know, he's got a couple of easy games coming up. So, you know, he might score well, but he's not going to have much time to make that money back. So... Even if he scores a couple of hundred and fifties, he's not going to get back up to eight hundred k before you have to sell him. Yep. So can I add some more to that? Please. So the fullbacks have been dropping some astronomical scores. Yeah. Teddy was a popular round one pick, and he scored something stupid, and a lot of people captained him. Pappenhausen scored almost two hundred points. Right, and and in in a week where people went, Pappenhausen is going to go massive, and a lot of people would have captained him. Gutherson has just dropped two hundred and sixty points again on weeks where people expected him to go big. So if your team is relatively settled, I actually have no issue with trading fullbacks every second or third week. Rolling, you know, say Teddy rolling into Pappenhausen. Although there's an argument, I should have started with him. Rolling into Gutherson, rolling into back to Tedesco at 530 grand or whatever he's going to be next week, rolling into some fullback that covers round 13. And just, just if your team is set up, you know, maybe you don't have the second best prop. Maybe you don't have, you know, an awesome four second rollers. If, if, you, if you get the right fullback 50% of the time and you captain them, you're going to be in the top 100. Yeah, look, I agree with that. I, I don't. I guess what I would say is, I don't think you're going to be in a position, just in terms of you know the trades are limited in terms of the buys, in terms of getting on the right cheapies, in terms of co- covering injuries when you need to. I don't think you're going to be able to get on every single run. So you're gonna you're gonna miss some of them, right? Like I made the decision that I was going to miss Gutherson over the last couple of weeks because, well, partly because I didn't think he would actually score as well as he did, but also because I thought Ponga and potentially Tedesco had longer and better runs coming. And yeah, I didn't think I'd, I, 
I think I thought I had to choose between them, really. Yeah, and yeah, Gutherson's run was very short. Um, and that was, yeah. And, and, you know, like I backed away from that trade after after saying I was going to do it. But we've seen we've seen what happens. Um, it really depends. Yeah, again, it, if you've been lucky with injuries and you've got a nice deep squad, it's a bit of a luxury move. But, um, yeah, if, if you're in that position and you can make that luxury move, I would absolutely do it. So for me, Teddy's a trade in next week, play him for three weeks, and then trade him out to a round 13 fullback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I potentially agree with that. Um, my question is, does Teddy who, – who scores better over the next month between Teddy and Pong? Yeah, and the argument for Ponga, they both have a pretty good draw. They both have excellent draws, yep. Yeah. So, so, so Teddy's really got a tough game this week. They've sort of both got tough games in theory this week, but we with the Roosters playing Para but we and and Ponga playing Canberra, but we said that Ponga did score 150 against Canberra last week and Canberra are, are just giving up a lot of points to fullbacks in general. Yeah. So so the Roosters normally I would say just get Teddy, he's cheaper and he's probably gonna score better anyway. They've got I don't know, like sixteen hookers injured. I don't know how many hookers they've lost now. Collins is gone. Um, Takayako, I don't know. Does he still have a sore rib? I don't know. Um, Kiri's so the, gone. Walker is absolutely killing it. But, you know, does Walker play the ball at the back to the fullback? Enough. So that's exactly what I was about to say. I have not seen them play through the fullback very much lately. And and to be, to be fair, it's a small sample size. And we haven't seen Tedesco play with Walker all that much yet. But it's... It's basically Walker just throwing cutouts to his wingers. Yeah. Like, I haven't really seen them execute a sweep play yet. Well, that's... Yeah. So so you said, oh, get in, Teddy, because that's your circumstance. But the question is, is it worth trading Teddy to Ponga, wasting the trade when they both have good draws and theoretically one could outscore the other? Well, you know, sorry, theoretically they could score similarly. Yeah, look, if you you know if if you're watching the games and I admit that I don't, and Walker is just not playing out the back, then back yourself, I say. Well, the other thing is that Ponga, the Ponga and Turbo combination, is monstrously pottish. I don't think almost anyone's going to have Ponga and Turbo, <laughs> um, whereas a lot of people still have Tedesco. Yeah. So. And this is this is an interesting kind of discussion about pods in general because sometimes I hear people say, oh, I'm just going to get this guy because he's a pod. And I'm like, well, that's all well and good. No one's got him, but maybe no one's got him for a good reason. That's because the chances of your pod outscoring the kind of popular guy are about one in a thousand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be an expected value kind of calculation there. With Ponga, I think there's a – there's a sizable chance. I don't know what that chance is exactly, but there's a sizable chance that he outscores Teddy. And not only that he outscores him, but potentially he outscores him by a lot if things go well for Ponga and things go poorly for Teddy. So it's one of those ones where, yeah, it's still a punt and it could, maybe the odds are still kind of fractionally against you based on history, but there is a, a fair chance that it could go a long way in your favour. Yeah, there's one other factor. Yeah, what's that? Can you use the 200 grand of change productively? 
And that's assuming the trade is next week. No, see, I think it's this week. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to, I wouldn't do that trade next week. I think the 200K is going to be too much next week. I think the 130 odd that it is this week yep. is, is okay. Yeah. But I don't think I could. Well, I guess my point is the same then. If you can productively use that 130K, then that's another factor. It is, yeah, it absolutely is. Um, and as we said, there's like there's a bunch of cheapies around. You could go early on one of them. Um, I could use the trades to, to like do a double center wing trade, for example, um, something like that. So yeah, absolutely. There's obviously other things we could that you could do. Yeah. So but and I, just, the I just think even even just this week, the you know Ponga for me against the Raiders is a decent chance of turning up, and Teddy could score not particularly well. Um, yeah, Teddy's got a tough, it, tough game. Tough game. Even just based on this week, it seems like a reasonable trade. Yep. And the other the other thing, I mean, we've talked about Best and Ikavalu, so that's relevant. So if you take Best, maybe you want to hedge with Tedesco. If you take Best, maybe you want to just back the Knights all the way in and take both. Same thing with Ikavalu. Yeah, exactly. So if I was kind of thinking if I get Ponga, I can kind of hedge with by getting Ikavalu. Hedge, hedge the Roosters, putting absolute scores on the Cowboys and the Brisbane yep. in rounds 10 and 11. Yep. And the other thing about pods, like, you know, pods for the overall population, pods within the top 1,000, pods within the top 100, you know, at the pointy end of the season, it's, you know, head-to-head against the guys coming top 10. Yeah, that's right. It's head-to-head against the guys coming top 10. And, um... Just one more thing on Ponga. So Tigers is one of the other games that he's got over this run. You know what he scored against the Tigers last last year? So we said he scored 150 against the Raiders. So he scored 170 something? 172 against the Tigers. And the Tigers' right side defense is currently the worst in the league. And that's we know that the left side is uh, Ponga's strong suit intact. Absolutely. Yep. And look, I mean, I penciled in that run for the Knights seven or eight weeks ago, and the only spanner in the works for me is how cheap how cheap Tedesco is going to be next week. Yeah, that's well because you're in that situation of thinking about buying Tedesco, yes, which not many great. people necessarily will be. But yeah, agreed. Um, the other, so what, I guess the other two things I didn't really talk about is, so I've said that Teddy's a sell because of that origin period. Obviously, if you're teaming him up already with someone like Gutherson or even Pappenhausen, Pappenhausen won't get rested over that origin period. Even even though he plays origin, he's going to play off the bench and I don't think he's going to get rested. So I don't think it's the same equation of worrying about four or five AEs over that period. Um, four. So if you've got Gutherson or Pappenhausen, I wouldn't be selling... Teddy, but if you've got Turbo or Ponga, probably would be. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. What about, um, I don't know if this is something you want to cover, given the buyers are still quite a ways away. What about the fullbacks outside of those, you know, absolute weapons? You know, like a Dufty or a um, Edwards? So, so I mean, that's, that's another factor, because I think, so I'm going to be trading Teddy to Ponga this week and then in four weeks' time probably trading either Ponga or Turbo to one of those guys 
think Gutherson is the obvious one. As we said from round 13, his draw is very good. Dufty's draw is also very good. Um, so if you really wanted to pot up, you could try Dufty, but I think Gutherson's the obvious one. But I don't, I don't think I'd be doing either of those trades until round 13. Yep. Yeah, it's a bit early from here when the other guys are all available. Yeah, and the other guys have good draws. I think it's too early. For, like, obviously, if you got on Gutherson a couple of weeks ago laughing, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing it now. Yep. All right. So, yeah, so, so the other thing, I mean, we talked about this pretty briefly. Um, the Condon the Condon owners, you got off um, slightly early, although maybe it was the right time. I think a lot of people are going to be looking to trade Condon. Yeah. Um, downgrade, not much available. Um, what's, I mean, who do you like? Who do you like if you're selling Condon and you need a playable forward? Good question. Um, I mean, if money's no no issue after after poo-pooing Papali'i uh, for a long time, even though he's very expensive now, you can do worse than getting Papali'i in. Um, I think we know we've got a better idea now of what his role is going to be, and that's why I've changed my mind on him. It looks like he's not going back to the bench. It looks like he's got a pretty set role, and he's just on fire. So could go him, although I'm probably going to, again, because the, the draw kind of gets worse from here on out, I don't expect him to, to go to keep up that try-scoring run. Um, so I'm going to look to wait on Papali'i until probably round 13 as well, maybe trade like an Angus Crichton out for Papali'i. Yep. Um, if Satili was playing this week, I would potentially encourage people to look at Satili, even though he doesn't play round 13. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got that excellent draw coming up. He's another kind of another Teddy Hedge, I guess. You could probably wait and, and trade Condon to Tupanua next week. Um, if you don't have Curran yet, you could you could do Curran this week. You don't make much money out of that, but Curran is yeah, playable, definitely playable. He's very playable. He could even be like a, a borderline keeper. Yeah. Um, they're the ones that immediately come to mind. If you've got the right switchies. I'm starting to like the look of David Clemmer. Yeah. Does he does he get um, left out of Origin again? My assumption at the moment is that he won't play Origin, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, you'd be getting value for money. Doesn't score a lot of tries, but should be a reliable 65 points a week for about 470 at the moment. Yeah, he's getting really cheap. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's, not, there's not that much if you, if you don't have TPJ, obviously TPJ is still good value. It's scoring really well. TPJ, I mean, we usually do a captaincy section. He is a pretty good shot for straight-up captaincy this week. Yep. He's running at Scott Drinkwater and Ben Condon. <laughs> like, he could score a double easily. Um, so, so TPJ is a very good trade-in if you don't already have him. Uh, anyone else that comes to your mind? Uh, we mentioned Kickout before. He's getting quite cheap. Um, he will score 30 points from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. And Should you mentioned Madison. Yeah, there's no one else that's like really kind of immediately coming to mind in that secondary position. It's actually outside the top few guys. It's actually a bit of a tough position this year. Yeah. Or you could pick up 
pick up a dual position dual position rookie that doesn't play. I've already got one of them. Yeah, I think a few people do. It's a little bit early, but could you know it's not always the worst, not always a bad idea. So my other topic is we've we've seen Sam Walker put up some absolutely monstrous scores. And we've seen him lay an egg. Only one. Is there... Would you be brave enough not to play him and win? For example, in a tough game against the Eels. Yeah, it is a really good question. Um, my my hand is a little bit forced this week because I do have Satili, who I would have played, and he's, he's getting a rest this week. And Sam Walker is probably my most obvious pick. Otherwise, I'd be playing like a Stefano or, a, you know, someone like that. Um, so obviously, if you're comparing him to, to against someone like Stefano, it's a no-brainer. Like, you, you pick Sam Walker every day, even against the tough opposition. But if you do have like a reliable sort of 50, 60-point score in your team that you could you could play instead of Sam Walker, then I think it becomes a very interesting question. I still tend to think that even against a team like the Yields, I'd probably be tempted to play him. It's probably only the Storm and the Panthers at the moment that I'd really hesitate to play him. Everything goes through him. And, and he's and, and he's, now, right? he's now also kicking goals. Yeah. So and and his ceiling is just so high that I kind of think you've got to play him. Yeah. So he's probably on average scoring fifteen points a try. Maybe more, yeah. maybe 17, 18 points a try. And if they score three tries, that's 55. Yeah, and he's getting forced dropouts, uh, kicking goals. Like that that Melbourne game, like everything that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong. Like they dropped a shitload of ball. They couldn't get out of there in half. Melbourne just monstered them. I mean, it could happen again, but that, that did seem like a bit of an anomaly to me. They'd have to get absolutely pasted. Like they only, I think they only scored the one try against Leeds Melbourne. Mm, yep. Like even against Parramatta, like would you back the Roosters to only score one try? Oh, I'd probably, I'd probably back them to score at least three against anyone. Exactly. And so you think he's going to get a hand in one of them, kick a couple of goals, one to two of them maybe. Yeah, I think, I think he's a, he's a play, even against the Eels. So then it's just it's just a rainy a rainy game against the Storm and a rainy game against the Panthers and that's it, right? That's what it I'm depends hearing. how strong your squad is. As the season goes on, the teams get stronger. I mean, I might even sell him. Mm-hmm. It's going to be six hundred k, maybe six fifty in a couple of weeks. Split the aces. I don't think I'm not sure I actually will sell him, but it'll be an interesting decision yeah, to make I, when it gets really expensive. I. I see that as a bit different to the fullbacks. So at fullback, there's five or six absolute weapons. And, you know, once one of them starts getting up to 800K, you know, you can you can trade them out to one of the other ones who's maybe 650, he's got an easy draw coming up. At halfback, it, I don't feel like it's the same equation. You're not, you're not replacing like with like. Yeah, but this is where Tyson Gamble comes in. Yeah. So if once you've got if you've got Tyson Gamble as your reserve five eight, then it opens up all those guns at five eight for Sam Walker. 
Cody Walker, you got Cam Munster, Luai if you don't have him, um, even Josh Schuster. So the way the way I was thinking about it's interesting you mentioned Schuster. The way I'm thinking about Gamble is if your team is set up as Cleary, Walker, one of those three five eights, and maybe Schuster, that's that's the kind of team that is looking at Gamble. Okay, you can bank the Schuster money, pick up Gamble, you've got another round thirteen scorer. It's interesting that you say you could trade Walker to one of those guys. It's not the way I was looking at Gamble. Let's say you did Watson to Gamble. Yep. Right, and you've got and then you've got Gamble sitting as your your second five eight. And you wait until Sam Walker gets to six hundred and fifty or seven hundred K. Then you could flip him to one of those gun five eights. So if Luai doesn't get picked for Origin, yeah, exactly. Yep. Or if you think that Cody Walker's going to go on a run, or Munson's going to go on a run, or something. Interesting. We might be a week early on Gamble anyway. We, uh, need to see if he holds his spot. Yeah, he could. He could score ten as well. But something like that. Like I've got Madden there anyway, so I could sort of do it with Madden. His score last week makes me want to keep him and maybe captain him every now and again. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Like, at what point does Sam Walker become a kind of DC captaincy option? I think against the games that they've got coming up against, particularly North Queensland and potentially the, the Broncos, he's at least a VC option. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. The thing is, with, with him at, at halfback, if you VC or captain him, you can't VC or captain Cleary. It's the old it's the fullback conundrum. Yep. Mm. Right, well, that's a pretty good lead into uh, to captaincy options this week. I think I'm a, I think I'm turbo this week. Yeah, so um, so just back to team lists and back to turbo. I, I agree. I, I think I'm on turbo this week. Turbo's playing at Lotto Land and um, has a history of actually putting the, the Kiwis to the sword there. Yeah, are you going to ask me how they're going to get rolled through the middle with both their props out? That's exactly what I'm going to ask you. <laughs> they might get rolled through the middle with both their props out. And that's exactly one of the reasons why I traded out Turbo in round... Uh, not Turbo. Why I traded out Tedesco in round four, because the props were gone. Yeah. Having said that, the, you know, the Warriors don't have AFB, so their prop stocks aren't looking that shit hot either. I'll be interested to see if um, CHT comes back into the side of the Warriors. Because he's actually a very strong defender, whereas right now they're playing the young kid, Reese Walsh, in the halves. And um, and they've got some like fresh uh, fresh centres as well. And also, um, Murdoch Masilla is not playing. they got Edward um, Kosey, Rocco yeah. Berry, Reese Walsh, a lot of kids. Katoa is playing in the back row. So I just wonder whether or not Turbo could just run right through that, yep. through those edges. Look, the, props, so I agree. the props is my only hesitation. Yeah, the props um, is my hesitation as well. The other guys I like are the Panthers guys. They play early in the round, so you could VC them. But otherwise, you know, Cleary, Luai, To'o. All good what about what about the feeder against the Tigers? Yes. Um, I mean, he's due for a massive score. He didn't get one last week, so that's, just, that's, that's pretty much due. I did say that that's the weakest edge in the comp. Yeah, and he would have copped a lot of flack for not getting involved in the for one and a half games basically. 
scored a hat-trick in the first half against the Bunnies and then it's basically watched on field for one and a half games. Yeah, and I've already men- mentioned TPJ against the Cowboys. Yes. TPJ I like as a bit of a pod captain. Um, so if Do you reckon he's got 150 in him? I don't think he's got 150 in him, but you know there are those weeks where the popular guys all get 70s and 80s. And he does have 120 in him. He's got 120 in him. That's the problem. I don't think I've got the balls to captain him outright. I think I, I've definitely got the balls to vice captain him. But if he doesn't have 150 in him, it's probably not worth it. It's not really any point. Yeah. But, like, if David Fafita can score a hat trick against some of these edges, TPJ probably could as well. Yeah. Yep. No, I like it. I like it. I mean, I think I'm. I'm probably captaining a fullback or a halfback almost every week, but well, that's yeah. that's it. It'd be it'd be vice captain TPJ captain um, Jaboyevich. I don't think I can make that work. Yeah, well, that's the advantage of the Panthers guys. They play nice and early. Yeah, because none of the I don't have any guys from like the Warriors, the Dragons, the Bulldogs, or even the Seagulls that I can remove from my side to put someone in. I've got I've got a guy waiting that I can make the make my captain in Jaboyevich, but there's no one I can remove. In those late games, it's a bit annoying. So yeah, it might have to be one of the one of the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Mm. Harry Grant for anyone who's got him. Yeah, what do, what do you think about Harry Grant? I'm going to let him go. I've got the two Knights boys there, and their draw we've already spoken about, and they play round thirteen. So I also think Grant is a good candidate for rest, given how good the Melbourne backup hooker is around origin time. So I'm going to let him go, but he did he did prove to us last week why, um, you know, it could be a good idea to just grab those guys, you know, regardless of, you know, origin coming up and buys and getting rests and things like that because it could be a big difference. Yeah, I mean, he's a good example. I mean, the Val Holmes is the example for me this year. Like, I just... I overly discounted based on the fact that he plays Origin and should have just brought him into my team like three or four weeks ago instead of Brian Kelly, and I'm paying the price right now. I do think we're getting close enough to Origin now where it does make it a bit marginal, and I think, I, I think I'm with you. I think I'm going to let Harry Grant go just because we're too close to Origin now. But if he pops out a couple of 120s, then he's going to be more than worthwhile. Yeah. If, if the Knights guys didn't have an easy draw, I'd probably get him. Um, it's just that the guys I've got there. I mean, I'm looking at buying backs from the Knights, and I've got two creative guys in that team sitting in my hooker position. So, why would I get rid of them if I'm then going to buy a back from the same team? Yeah, I agree. I think I'm going to let him go too. All right. Well, good chat. <laughs> That's all I've got for you this week. You got anything else? I'm all out. I'm all out too. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show again, and uh, we will hope to have you back again soon. Looking forward to it. Cheers, mate. See ya. Bye.